Hope FM, Faith Filled Radio. Well, that's uh, Matthew West there and All In. Well, as I said at the top of the programme, uh, that next Sunday or today, depending on when you're listening to this programme, uh, if you're listening to it on Sunday, is Pentecost Sunday. And it's very, very significant because uh, Pentecost was when Hope FM was launched. Would you believe some 15 years ago? So we're, cele- we're not only celebrating uh, the uh, the coming of so the good. Holy Spirit, but, but also the fact of the birth of this little radio station. Amazing. Now, <laughs> now you need you need two really good experienced off the wall people in order to do justice to the Holy Spirit and I couldn't think of, of two more very experienced and definitely off the wall people uh, and I guess the reason why I'm saying that is you're you're both a bit out of the box you know. um, she is I'm completely normal I'm, I'm referring of course uh, to Lou and Dom uh, Bird and they are the senior pastors at Sunny Hill Church not Sunny Hill Community Church no no because in the early days you were Sunny back Hill back in the day yeah, yeah. We, we started as Sunny Hill Community Church but since now we're just and then we became Sunny Hill Church and then we branded Sunny Hill we're just getting more lazy basically eventually we'll just be called Sir that's where we're aiming well I'll tell you what let's start by telling a wee bit of the story of Sunny Hill yeah. you know because I mean you started quite small and mm. if I remember rightly weren't you one of the youth workers then yeah well that's right yeah well I actually came in about two years after it was planted as a youth worker um, so it was planted by my predecessor Brian Campbell of Scotland of course mm. oh Scotland oh yes well his son of course was a regular as in fact Brian was a regular yeah they on were FM in the they early were. days they yeah. absolutely were yeah and um, yeah they planted a church a Pentecostal church into uh, Parkstone uh, which became Sunny Hill Church and uh, we kind of folded in didn't we a couple of years after it was planted and we started leading it seven years ago so that's kind of a real brief that is a real high level view there that is a very high level view (laughs) Louise do you want to add some meat to the bones there uh, well, you started as a, as a youth worker, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Part of Moreland's, actually. That's yeah, how we that's ended right. up there, wasn't it? We were Moreland students for a while. Yeah. And then eventually, yeah, I guess you, you became indispensable. <laughs> I think that was your plan. Yeah, that's, that's and, always the plan, yeah. Blair. You make yourself indispensable that's wherever right. you are. And then you just well, it like, doesn't seem to have worked. You've, you've <laughs> totally failed, haven't you? I, I totally <laughs> failed. I have totally <laughs> failed at that. Yeah, and then so then we yeah we we took on roles within the church, and eventually our predecessors decided that God was calling them to Scotland, and so we stepped up to the to the senior roles. Yeah. So when you when you were at Moorlands and you were yeah. doing you were doing all that training, did you have an inkling that maybe you know that God would be calling you to to higher office, greater responsibility? <laughs> Well, for me personally, I, I didn't go to Moorlands to become a minister. That wasn't the plan. That wasn't the goal. What did you go for? But I did have a prophetic word that I would be a leader. That was the weird thing. But I just, I just did, was not interested in it. Um, I wanted to be a youth worker. I thought that looked like more fun in, in the secular scene as well for the council or something. Um, but since I were talking about the Holy Spirit today, it was the Holy Spirit that spoke to me in my second year and just said, "Like I'm ready to go. Like are you ready to lead?" And um, I really felt God just uh, put that before me, and I responded. Let's do it. And uh, the rest is history, really. And so I changed some of the things I was focusing on at Moorlands to kind of uh, align to what God's unfolding well in my life, which led to church leadership. 
And what about you, Lou? Oh, mine was the opposite, Blair. I went to, I went to Moreland's, and with the same thing, actually. I definitely didn't want to go into church leadership, which is weird to go to Barber College and decide not to be a church leader. Uh, but I wanted to work with homeless people. And in fact, I worked for the YMCA for a while, and I you loved did? working for the YMCA. I absolutely loved it. That was it. your highlight, wasn't it? It is my life it's highlight. happy memories. In, in all honesty, it really is. I loved working for the YMCA. Not the three kids she's like, had. Three, it's, is it? Yeah, it is three. Yeah. Definitely three. Um, well, that was your training, wasn't it? You know, it was a good training ground, it really <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Def- church leadership was not in the plan at all. And uh, I didn't have one of those huge Holy Spirit moments where I felt God say, this is what we're going to do. It was a very different track, a very different mm. journey into church leadership for me. Um, but this is where we ended up, definitely. And, and we're, we're pleased and, and privileged to be leaders now. And I suppose the other part of your story that I shouldn't forget is the romance bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. you know, so how did you two, I mean, and, um, you know. Well, you know that track you were playing before we came on there? Was it? Um, now I've the had the time <laughs> of my life. Oh, yeah. The dirty well, dancing track. We were just swimming in the lake one day and she was insisting that I would I lift would, her up like baby out of dirty dancing. And I was like, Louise, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm just not. No. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically, we uh, we met at Morlands and about three months into the course, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Um, Louise just knew <laughs> that she couldn't live without me. You know, you know what she said about me making myself indispensable? That was my game oh. plan with Louise. If I make myself indispensable none of this is true we're then. going to get to the truth in a moment yeah, no, well this is 17 years ago so obviously it's easier to start making stuff up because it's more distant you can't um, remember how it actually can't happened. remember really how it happened but ultimately um yeah i saw louise and i thought this is good as the lord said <laughs> as he created the earth and um i thought that wayne's world moment oh yes she will be mine she will be mine <laughs> Now, having heard that story, with the yeah. emphasis on story, yes. we'll now come to the truth, <laughs> as revealed by you, Luke. Yeah, I remember he had his, uh, we had our photographs taken for the, kind of the student walls so that everybody could identify each other. And I remember looking at Dom and he was just pulling a ridiculous pose. The only student in the whole year group that was pulling a ridiculous pose. And I remember saying to my roommate... I'm either going to love this guy or hate him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I spent the first few months just hating him, really, just being really annoyed by him. <laughs> but somehow, yeah, maybe that was the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm kind of like I Marmite, changed. you know, I grow on you. Well, of course, yeah, he, that's not what Marmite does. Well, Dom has never been, he's never been known as being shy and retiring, you know, as he'd be, let's be, he, yeah, it all, it's all out there with, with oh, Dom. Yes, you know. it is. Uh, yeah, and, uh, room. But, of course, one of the great things, and we are going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, folks, Come so on. don't yeah. worry, you know, uh, he knows exactly, of course, who to bring together yeah. with mm-hmm. him. And so would true. you say that you complement each other? Yeah, definitely. We have an absolute blast. We're so blessed, aren't we, Luby? Yeah, we are. We have got a great we're, marriage. We're I great. think we've become more. I, th- I think that's what they say about married people. They become more like each other over time. Mm. And I think sometimes it's hard to know where I end and Dom starts. It gets very confusing because we're quite similar now. We are quite similar. We have the same interests. We have the same children. That's right. <laughs> three. The same three children. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah. This is Hope FM. Well, of course, uh, Dom and Lou Bird are my very special guests uh, today. They're here to talk, really, about the Holy Spirit. But I couldn't, of course, let them off without letting them introduce themselves <laughs> to you. Uh, and what have we heard? Well, of course, they both are the lead pastors at Sunny Hill Church, which has seen actually quite tremendous growth, really, from those early days. Yeah, God has been so good to us. He really has been. He's been great. And um, yeah, he's kind of exceeded our expectations in many ways. But we know that we're just really getting started for us. It's a big kind of lifelong commitment and project, you know, um, seeing God work. So, but yeah, he's he's been great. And obviously we've multi-sighted as well. But obviously in light of COVID and like the end of the lockdowns, you know, we're really reviewing everything right now as leaders, praying a lot, fasting a lot into the future. 
you know, we just want to sense what God's saying and doing and, and go after that. Have you found that, that the whole lockdown thing and, and COVID has opened up new doors to you? Because I know you guys uh, are using the, the platforms that, I don't know whether you use Zoom. Do you use Zoom? We do, not on a Sunday, Facebook. but we, yeah, we use it for small groups and stuff. Uh, but a lot of churches, of course, have used these platforms. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and and I guess that going forward, although there's nothing quite like meet being together, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that it has opened up uh, the church to an audience of people who maybe wouldn't normally have thought of checking it out. Yeah, absolutely. We've been we've been so thankful that this pandemic has happened in an age of technology. You know, where where actually we can continue to be church mm. and serve and serve the community and mm. pour out and love and minister and preach the gospel to people with the doors wide open online. It's and, been a real blessing. And have you found that that people have have tuned into your services and the stuff that you're doing that had never. Pre- previously had contact yeah, yeah definitely loads. yeah and, and not just in this locality i think for a long time obviously because we're a pool based church we've been focused on pool but now because of being online we, we we broadcast all of our services online and have midweek things online too um and because of that we're now reaching people far and flung mm. all the way across the world and mm. people tune in from all over the place it was mm-hmm. amazing it's, yeah. a, it's a real blessing for sure and, and people who had never stepped in church before getting saved yeah. in lockdown through the ministry going definitely. out online is just amazing and people um, people afraid to invite their friends to come to church yeah. can now share the church broadcast on Facebook or, yeah. or on other social media platforms and they are actually inviting their friends to church by by putting out this broadcast onto their social media. I mean, we, we made a tactical decision early on. Um, we decided that we wouldn't pre-record any services for a Sunday. We decided <laughs> that we'd do everything live, which seemed like a great idea at the yeah. time, Blair. Seemed like a great <laughs> idea you for know you. The, you know the stress and the pressure of running a live <laughs> broadcast, like, right? Like we're doing right now. Like we're doing right this now. Look, right? My hands are shaking and I'm sweating <laughs> over here. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we, we made the commitment because we thought at one of the USPs of our church culture is that, like, we are fun, we are vibrant, we're lively and we value the next gen and we thought that doing something live spoke more to our life and innovation mm. um, not that pre-recorded is bad but we just didn't want to sanitize what we did we wanted it to we wanted all the mistakes to be on air we wanted all the accidents and all the, <laughs> it's more fun yeah exactly so that, that was one tactical that's decision that's how we sold it to me that's how I it's sold more it it's fun to do it but, but early on we what, the other tactical decision we made is rather than just record a church service that church people like right you know a religious kind of hymn sound which you know in its various forms we decided that we were going to do like a good morning britain sunday show right so like i was like the piers morgan awkward no <laughs> oh, no. no no I, it's all right actually i don't mind piers but um ultimately we decided that we were going to run like a chat show church where we would engage with live comments in real time and what we found that was doing is is it was really speaking to that need for community in a time where it just wasn't accessible yeah. to people because of the lockdown and we just found like loads of traction with that and, um, you know, we're, we're looking at what we're doing now because now we're back in the room and we're online. Essentially, what we're doing is we're broadcasting our services live on a Sunday. But for me, I still think there's a place for that kind of morning chat show Re- reality, like life, the mm. messiness of life and the, the fun stuff that happens and yeah. capturing that. Um, yeah, and the we, challenge really, that we really grew a community, didn't we, yeah. online? And I think that was that was the, the whole point of the first lockdown, wasn't it? Everybody just lost that community and their workplaces, their, yes. their friendship groups all just kind of got cancelled in that one second. Mm. And so we really enjoyed, didn't we? And I think it helped the fact that we, we had such a, uh, uh, a strimmed back uh, version of leadership, didn't we? Like, yeah. we, we literally, everybody went on furlough. It was just <laughs> the two of us. Just the so, two of us. 
so I think uh, it was a lot to do um, but building community was definitely a priority you know mm. making sure people felt connected somehow mm. was um, a major focus for us definitely so yeah well let's uh, switch to our our subject matter today which is of course the the, the, the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit now mm. we have the Holy Spirit um, we have the Trinity so uh, we have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well remembered there, Blair. Ten out of ten. Smash that one. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I having been brought up in the church, and I don't know whether it was like you, but uh, although I, I probably had heard the Holy Spirit, some people, of course, call him the Holy Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Um, ooh. And um, yeah. Ooh. Uh, but the, but I suppose the teaching wise, I, I personally didn't have too much of a clue mm. about what is referred to now as the third person mm. of the trinity yeah. but so what was your first time can you remember your first time of being introduced <laughs> to the holy spirit i can remember mine and and it wasn't it wasn't great actually. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Can we just can we record that again, please, Blair? I'm not this, is this is the live. This is the live. This is the live. That we just do it again. Yeah. It, it's great? helpful though. It's helpful. I promise. I remember. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church, and you know they leaned into God in a big way, but we didn't really see the Holy Spirit manifest, I guess, in, in our church services, at least. At least that I was aware of as a teenager. Uh, until I went to uh, Soul Survivor, which is like a Christian camp based sort of down the south. In fact, I don't know whether it still exists no. anymore. Um, but I went there and, and I heard the whoopings and the cheerings and the cryings. And I just was overwhelmed, I think. Were you a bit frightened of, by it? I was, Blair, yeah, I was. Because I, I think a lot of people are, you know, when they hear some of the stories, yeah. uh, they, they, they're not saying hallelujah, they're saying, let me <gasps> out of here, yeah. quick! <laughs> 100%, that was my experience. I was stood in this tent and I was literally freaking out. What are all these people, these, these fairly sensible, logical people, suddenly doing, kind of on their knees, crying or, or yelling out, and it just felt like a really strange moment. That yeah, was what you're me. talking to are like signs or another big word manifestations yeah, exactly. of the presence of the Holy Spirit yeah. or whatever what about you Dom? Um, I, so I grew up in a fairly crazy church we, we were like charismaniacs basically right my mum and dad planted a church no offence to listeners out there but I'm a charismaniac myself but um, my mum and dad planted a church in the Midlands with some friends and it and my mum and dad were kind of put out of mainstream churches like Methodist churches because of their desire for the Holy Spirit so my my upbringing was in that in that mixing pot of manifestations of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues the prophetic all of those uh, gifts that you see in in the, the scriptures um and so I, I i always had an open mind to the holy spirit but like really i didn't give my life to christ till i was about 17 i kind of backslid did my own stuff as a teenager um and i i guess i didn't see another side to the church until i went to moorlands and i realized that not every church was like that and like you know i always had this joke where like you know lots of people at moorlands i was saying their trinity was the father son and holy scriptures <laughs> you know that the, the holy spirit void um and you know i guess at moorlands it helped give me a biblical framework to interpret some of the experiences i had as a child and as a young teenager growing up mm -hmm. um I, I, some of them were great not all of them were great um but it's definitely given me a soft heart towards the work of the holy spirit i'm hungry for the holy spirit i'm not going to try and control what that looks like but equally sunny hill we're a we're a level church in the sense that we're not uh swinging from the chandeliers and all that kind of stuff but equally there's a desire for the holy spirit to move mm. um and a desire for the gifts of the spirit i'm sure we'll talk about that in a little while um but yes, countless times in my life I've seen the Holy Spirit do pretty crazy radical things from healing to 
crazy prophetic words of knowledge and things like that, um, which to me just speaks to the reality of God mm-hmm. uh, in the world. And I think if you're a Christian that lives outside of the acceptance of the Holy Spirit, you really miss a key components of the Christian walk, which I think we should be desiring. And Louis, that reservation, you know, from those early days at Soul Survivor and the experience of the mad Pete, the doms of this world. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was Dom with the whooping. In fact, he probably would have been on the <laughs> platform. <laughs> he would have yeah. loved it. my lasso. Yeah. So, so how did you then progress from that? Yeah, I mean, as a, going into a Pentecostal church, it was, it was, it felt totally out of my comfort zone. Massive. I love Jesus. And I probably was one of those, like Dom said, uh, the Father, Son and Holy Scriptures. I definitely chased after Jesus, but I'm not sure I really understood who the Holy Spirit was. And we went to Sunny Hill back under the previous leaders. And I remember there was one of these moments where the, the Holy Spirit was moving and I just felt really uncomfortable. And I must have been about 19 at that age, maybe. And I walked out to go to the toilets because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So, <laughs> so it was worse than Soul Survivor. It was, was like, it was because it was of less close people. contact so, whooping. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I couldn't. That's the problem. It wasn't bit, over the east side. closer to you. This. It was really close. The people next to me, it was really close. And I remember uh, we had these incredible twins. Um, sort of in, the, they were sort of in a senior age group, weren't they? Mm. Uh, and they, one of the twins came out to me and she said, "Are you all right, my love?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm just going to the toilet." And she was like, um, "Have you ever experienced?" a filling of the Holy Spirit have you ever been baptised in the Holy Spirit and I was like um I'm sure he's great but no (laughs) and she was like can I pray for you now and I believe that God is going to give you uh, the gift and the ability to speak in tongues and I was like oh no I've heard this I've heard people do this and it is weird I'm all good thanks anyway but she was just she was such a wonderful woman that I respected her a kindly person she was so lovely she really was and so she just prayed over me in the disabled toilet (laughs) at Sunny Hill Church we went in because I was like oh I don't really know I don't know what's going to happen she goes well who knows what God's going to do but we know he's lovely so we'll try him. So she locked me in to the disabled <laughs> that's, toilet. That's very good. good way to it do was it. Intense. That's a great way to do it. And um, and she just prayed over me, and then I did, and then I suddenly just started speaking in tongues, and I couldn't which believe a, it. Which is a different language. Which a different language. We'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's a heavenly language, and I didn't know what I was saying, but I just knew that in this moment I was glory, giving glory to God. I was worshiping God, and He was filling me with His Spirit, and I, my whole body went tingly with um, you know, goosebumps. I went really warm on the inside side and I just felt that there was this such this special powerful moment in the disabled toilets (laughs) with an elderly member of the congregation who was just so brimming with the Holy Spirit that it couldn't it couldn't help but but kind of fill me too you know and it was it was it was memorable definitely (laughs) this is Hope FM my very special guests uh, who have been sat patiently waiting had a little comfort break as far as Dom's concerned so patient (laughs) so patient yes so back back to um we're going to be talking, uh, are talking about the Holy Spirit, and we just dealt very briefly with um, with your early experiences, uh, Lou. S- scared stiff <laughs> until she had an experience in the disabled toilet. That's yeah. the um, What a moment. Dorset thinks like we're nuts now, by the way, yeah, Louise. All happened. of the Dorset listeners. I'm happy with that. Let's just get that out there, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't say very much, Dom, about your. I mean, you, you'd said that you were brought up, you know, in a. A, char- a charismatic church yes you were chara crazy um, <laughs> yes but what, what about your f- I mean you, you obviously as a young man you went a wee bit you know uh, off the rails a yes. bit yes yeah um, well, what was your very first personal experience 
Well, very first personal experience probably would have... Well, my, the one that I can remember really vividly was when I was 17, actually. Um, and I went to a meeting where an old evangelist was preaching. Now, I reckon he was about 145. <laughs> he was very old, right? Methuselah, was that yeah, his name? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think his name was Noah or something. Um, but yeah, he was speaking, and a friend had dragged me along to this event. And uh, this old guy was speaking, and he gave just an altar call. Uh, he gave an invitation to people to come and receive Christ. And I thought, well, who, who's going to respond to that? Because that whole message that he gave was boring. Um, and I just wasn't in for it, like, in myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing because, like, literally at that point, I literally felt like something on the inside just pulled me forward. Um, now I would recognize that as the Holy Spirit conviction. And I felt God say, you're responding today. Um, and it was just this sense that this is the day of salvation. And I remember walking down to the front to go and receive against everything that I wanted to do in my flesh. I was walking down the aisle and I didn't get even close to the front before just the presence of God really hit me in a very significant way. And I'll tell you what the presence of God did. It wasn't about a warm and fuzzy feeling on the inside. It wasn't that. What it was, literally, like for the first time in my life, there was this full-blown realization that I needed a saviour. And it was conviction. It was conviction. And it was an awareness of my my brokenness and my dysfunction and my sinful state. And I, I, you know, it's hard because it's not like um, I even really had the vocabulary for that. But in that moment, I realized that, like, God was so good and I was actually so bad, even though I wasn't as bad as Hitler. Do you know what I mean? And that's generally the way we make comparisons. People say that. That's the standard. That's the standard. But that's the problem. And I say this to our church we often compare ourselves, like, horizontally. You know, we compare ourselves with other people with our mate with our dad with our brother whatever um when really the standard is god and we've all fallen short of that standard um and it was the holy spirit that really brought me to a place of repentance so like has you know since then i've felt the filling of the holy spirit and the empowering of the holy spirit where there has been those warm comforting moments and like nice senses of joy and presence but the the very first time was a very real sense of i need help i need Mm -hmm. a savior let's backtrack uh, and assume let's assume that that people listening to us right now have no clue at all mm. about this holy spirit that we're yes. on about yeah um let's go back to biblical times mm. so there's jesus mm. and he he turns up of course he has a very unusual birth mm. <laughs> you know um <laughs> and um, and he gets this group of guys yes when he's in his 30s, actually, yes. wasn't he? Yes, When he began his, what's called his ministry. His ministry. Or, or his work, his work. Uh, so he gets this group of, of guys around, and um, and they're quite a motley bunch, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And some some of them are a bit disavory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and some of them are professionals, you know, yeah. like Luke was a doctor, wasn't yeah. he? You know, whatever. Um, so they, they sort of stick with him. He says, come and follow me. Yeah. And they observe. Now... If you had been there, mm. what do you think both of you would have seen? Now, of all the, all you know about Jesus, what's the thing that would have excited you more? He would say, ooh, what would have been like to have been there on that day? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, what I liked about Jesus was he, was he was radical and contextually controversial, really. Yeah. He was doing things that really, uh, m- mostly actually, flo- like flew in the face of religion. Um, and I don't like religion at all. And I think most people's resistance to the church and to Jesus is one of a religious issue. They think that religion is bad for the world. And I would agree. I think religion in the sense of cold hearted rituals and legalism and judgment, it's no good. doesn't serve the church. So with the, with the, in, the, in his tradition, there was the Ten Commandments. Yeah. But then, then there was 
a few hundred other laws. Yeah. Only like 600 or so, Blair. It's yeah. not too bad. Uh, so, so you had to keep those to be a good religious person. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And and G- Jesus comes into this place, and I think that straight away where he picked his fight was when he went to the fishing yard to find followers rather yeah. than the synagogue. You know, he mm. actually went to the synagogue to cast out demons and to the lake <laughs> to find disciples. Now, that's very pertinent, <laughs> isn't good. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's a really interesting. Yeah. So, so what I would have loved about following Jesus is I like being in the rebel side. I think most people have this perception of Christians as being like like goody two shoes kind of thing, and I get it. But like just these passive people who are just so nice, turn the other cheek and all that. But following Jesus, it was like a death sentence because, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Now that's very important, isn't it? Because if we were to look at the present church, and of course it's a very very different picture mm. depending on where you mm. are in yeah. the world. Yeah, it's you know. true. Um, but less, I mean, here in the United Kingdom, it's a very because you've got a bit of everything, as you know. But one of the one of the things that that is not noted for mm. in, in most congregations are lots and lots of radical young people mm, mm. or radical people of any age. Yeah, you know. yeah. Um, they're, 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 but they are there. Mm, they are. Uh, um, but they're not. They're not the prominent. And and you, if if we were to ask anybody in the street, you know, uh, have you been to church? Mm. And uh, what would you like? And one person said to me, well, when I first went to church, I realized that they didn't bury the dead in that church. They stood them up in the pews. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, that, that's one image, isn't it? Yeah. But of course, if, if we were to go into another congregation, mm. then you would have a vibrancy of mm. faith, which is mm. very far from just what you say, religion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the first thing is Jesus stands against tradition and religion, but he also, of course, stood for it, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so he said this: that you know, that really, um, uh, it's I've not come for well people; I've come for sick yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, but also that there was aspects of, like the Ten Commandments, which yeah. he had given, yeah. uh, was really to protect. Mm wasn't it yeah so it wasn't all bad no no and I think when it comes to religion Jesus loves people so he even says to the religious leaders I long to gather you in like a mother hen gathers in her chicks because he loves people but he says you were not willing so the willingness wasn't or the unwillingness wasn't coming from God it was coming from the people and what religion does is it, it clouds our vision of Jesus mm. to thinking that he's just a morally good teacher mm. with some nice principles for life rather than a disciple who wants to become the king of our heart. And I think that what where we need to reclaim in the church is just this dynamic discipleship, mm. this all or nothing mentality. Um, you know, and I think that that's what the world needs. It's uh, in a world that is divided and broken needs a church that is on fire and united, you know. Yeah, what about you, Lou, then? Is there any aspect of, of those early days, you know, that... I mean, because obviously Jesus touched women and in fact overturned the whole thinking oh about women, goodness. didn't he? Yeah, and this is one of the things that that rages me, Blair, about so many people, is that they, they see Christianity as this kind of oppressing of women. And they see Jesus as this man who, who kind of stifled women away and he chose the men and he raised up the men, but the women he ignored. Well, that is so not the Jesus that we read in the scriptures and certainly not the Jesus I know. Jesus forever just constantly went for that, that cultural target where women were, were placed in this box and limited to this and he would spend time on his own with women he would teach women on he his w- own Dom on his own on his own on his own Billy Graham wouldn't do that no, just saying true. just yeah, saying Billy Graham's not Jesus though. <laughs> that's so. true Jesus Graham <laughs> yeah. but yeah Jesus would just constantly <laughs> 
always try and, and lift up people that the society would have otherwise completely squashed. And so, yeah, I love one of the things I love most about Jesus is just how how he always went for those ones that were totally discarded by society. And it's those people that he worked with. It's those mm. fishermen. It's those women. Yeah. It's those those people that even, even the tax collector that people hated. Those were the people that he went for. Mm. I love that about Jesus. And I feel like that's kind of maybe something that I I, I lean towards that way in in who I want to be around. I want to be around the people that are just really messy and really chaotic and definitely not pursuing religion, but the people that are just already wrapped up in their sickness and, and believing that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit can transform. So if you're in any one of those boxes really messed up, which in fact all of us are, mm, sure. you know, because uh, I think what Dom said about the standard being God himself, you know, yeah, the, right. the, 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 but actually the excitement, it must have been quite bewildering being one of that gang, you know, mm. but can you imagine though, <laughs> they've, they've watched Jesus doing his miracles and speaking authoritatively mm. and and having compassionate on people, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then one day he says, "Right, guys, <laughs> your turn." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sending you out. In fact, there were seventy-two of them then, mm, weren't they? Because yeah. there was there's the twelve, and then yeah. there was a bigger group around. But he says, and go out then do the stuff, you know, all the towns and villages, and then just to encourage them, uh, he says, "I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves." Yeah, yes. that's right. Now what? do wolves tend to do to lambs <laughs> kill them they're not very friendly them. are they so why do you think why do you think jesus said that i mean uh, did he have a sense of humor we, yeah i <laughs> actually i spoke into this on sunday actually a little bit at sunday hill in one of our services where like in, in matthew 9 it happens where he's talking about the harvest he says i send you out um well actually he says ask the lord of the harvest to send send workers out into the harvest field and how what we want the next bit to be is this idea i think it's in luke 10 as well that we want it to be like i'm going to send you out like legends among losers like that's how we want the passage to read like everyone's going to love you you're going to be popular like people you're going to be the, the, the you know the Please legend on the street yeah. um, but there is a sense that like I'm sending you out but also you may not come back from this and I think that's like that's dynamic discipleship right there. It's not this. We often in church we talk about the the, the blessing and we talk about revival and the harvest. We talk mm-hmm. less about the work and the sacrifice and what you've got to lay down. In fact, actually, the bit where Jesus says to send out workers, that gr- Greek word for send is the same word used to cast out demons. So think about that for a minute. With the same aggression and violence that Jesus wants to cast demons out of people, he wants to cast Christians out of the church, which is a thought and a half, isn't it? To drive Christians from their comfort, familiarity, and safety into a world that needs to, the good news of Christ. You know? So so right from the beginning, there was that radical, yes. not just thinking, but radical action sure. of course what changed everything for those uh, those disciples they did go out the bible says in fear and trembling yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course when they then they started to pray for the sick <laughs> and see the same things that were happening with Jesus. Yeah. And when, when they come back, I love it. And yeah. Jesus has said, <laughs> says, oh, Lord, even the demons submit just in your name. And he says, no sweat. He says, you will do even greater mm. things. Right. Uh, than." But, yeah. but the lesson that they had to learn, as you quite rightly said, was to go out there, maybe knowing that their lives... Uh, and of course, many of those d- disciples did meet a sticky mm. end themselves. You know? Oh, yeah. yes, right. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, of course, if you're listening uh, on Sunday, then it is Pentecost Sunday, and we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit today, but it's Wednesday today when the program is being uh, recorded live, and we're looking forward uh, to Sunday. But Dom uh, and Lou from Sunnyhill Church are here, and we're talking all things 
uh, Holy Spirit. Now, we got to talking about the early days with Jesus, but then, of course, the big challenge comes at the end of, of Jesus' uh, three years when he was out mm. and about in the villages and going all over the place and mm. attracting thousands and thousands of people and teaching his disciples. Uh, then it comes to that time where he says, well, I'm going to be going away, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, But he'd already, of course, uh, encouraged them to, to do what he was doing yes. yeah. and so on. Uh, and uh, he then said, started to talk about the nature of his death. Yes. And I... I it's interesting because I don't know what you think, but they didn't really get it, did they? No. No, they didn't get it. Oh, well, they didn't want to get it. They didn't want to accept that their yeah. best friend and their rabbi, which was significant contextually in mm. the day, was going to, you know, they'd seen him do tremendous things, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, walk on water. You know, it, they'd seen him do so much. So to come to this sense that he was going to surrender himself to death, mm. I think, was just that bridge too far for them. And I guess that the, then the most important thing that Jesus said, which is very, very pertinent to what we're talking about today, he said, but listen, I'm going to go away. Mm. I will rise from the dead, mm. um, but uh, I will be leaving you. Mm. But I'm going to send you somebody else, mm. and he will be in you. Yes. In you. He's going to yeah. dwell inside of you. Yeah. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but then he said, but... Um, but first of all, you know, do nothing. Mm. So after the, the the crucifixion and so on, go back to Jerusalem yeah. and wait mm. until I send you the Holy mm. Spirit. Don't do anything. Interesting yeah. advice. Yeah. Well, I think I think it is. In, it's John 16, isn't it? Where Jesus says, he says, um, you know, uh, uh, one's coming. Like, and I think it's interesting because what is better than having Jesus in flesh with you? Like, it's a yeah, hard right. thing to wrap your head around. Like you say, the disciples struggling to come to terms with this kind of sense that Jesus is saying, I want to be in the grave for three days. And of but, course, the disciples, we could say, is the church. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's the forerunners. It's it's the beginning of the church. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's so interesting because Jesus says, like, it's good for you that I go. So it's not just come to terms with it, but it's actually going to be better for you. So, you know, I think for Christians to get their heads around this is really important. What is better than having Jesus like yeah. in skin walking by your side around the towns in the Middle East, right? What is better than that? Well, Jesus knew that what was better was his spirit, not alongside you but within you yeah. um, and that's a significant kind of thought to wrap your head around that like this is why the Holy Spirit I would suggest isn't an optional extra to the Christian life it's actually a founding mm. uh, person of the Godhead that is mm. vital to our growth and development. I remember yeah. that Can Canon David Watson uh, who is no longer with us uh, but used to head up the work at St Michael the Belfry in the shadow of York Minster mm. uh, but he, he used to say in the early church if the Holy Spirit had been removed the mm. church would have come to a standstill. Yeah, 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 he yeah. said today, unfortunately, oh, yeah. that yeah. if the Holy Spirit were removed, the majority of the work yeah. in those churches would continue. Yeah. Yeah. And that says something, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. does. Yeah. Because whose strength are we motoring in mm. and who who's in the driving seat? Mm. Yeah, right. That's a real challenge. I think, like, would the, would the church notice? Would we notice? Are, are our mm. services so geared around the moving of the Holy Spirit? Is our ministry so geared around the Holy Spirit that actually if, if he withdrew his presence, would we notice? I mm. wonder whether, you know, we've been challenged by that mm. as church leaders, haven't we? Mm. We don't want to build a church that entertains people. Mm. We want to build a church that 
that God can use to transform people. Mm, that's right. And and so much of the world is geared around this consumerist mentality, isn't it? Mm, mm. But but also I think the most encouraging thing is, and I guess you can definitely both speak into this, because if you look at the challenges, here we are with an epidemic of mental illness mm. as we come out of COVID and a great uncertainty, a great deal of fear mm. uh, around, you know, a great deal of loss, of course, as many, many people have lost people in their families mm. over these last, lots and lots of questions in people's minds. And then right into the middle of all of that, uh, Jesus has his group of people who he's saying, you will do the same as I have mm. done. Mm. Go and do it. Mm. Heal the sick. Mm. Comfort those who have got mental illness. Share my message of hope mm. with the world. This is the mission, isn't it? Yeah. Mm what we call the church yeah well he says that you'll do greater things so so what what we have to think then what does he mean when he says greater things because what's greater than raising the dead honestly like that is more. that yeah more, more and that's people. the thing isn't it it's more people being raised from the dead so actually the greater things that jesus is i think speaking to is you're going to do this but it's the the economy of scale yeah. jesus doing it as one man in right relationship to god compared to a church of a thousand people yeah, right. who are now filled with his holy spirit the same spirit that rose christ from the dead now at work in us are now able to do a thousand times more uh by just by sheer number and volume and i think that's that's absolutely key to kingdom expansion you know uh, i was brought up in a, a very traditional church a mm-hmm. presbyterian church in, okay. in ireland and it was only when i came to london to study youth work Dom, okay well uh, here we go. Uh, that i met a, cre- a group of crazy people like you <laughs> uh, and like you uh, uh lou i think i would have wanted to run a million yes. miles away but but the, but, the, but the one thing that i i um i thought was uh cracky they definitely got a bit of spark here that mm. I I don't have mm. you know yeah. and, and and whatever and um, they um, but then I I met this guy called John Wimber wow. uh, and it's very interesting I met him with my radio hat on okay. Uh, okay. because I I was uh, pre- was presenting for a commercial radio station in Sheffield uh, called Radio Hallam um, and uh, John Wimber was coming now his thing was signs and wonders yeah big time mm. he 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 had been a musician with the Righteous Brothers mm-hmm. he was an atheist mm. didn't believe mm. in in anything of the Holy Spirit nature the, mm-hmm. there was just a an event that happened in his life which maybe we can talk about mm-hmm. uh, but i had heard at these meetings that he was having the people were roaring like lions and they were ping-ponging about you know and they wow. were doing, and they were doing strange and casting out demons and i thought don't think I really want to be pinging around. And if I have a few demons, I don't want them to be popping out publicly, you know. And, and uh, well, you know, I I went down to London to his publishers, and uh, I went in. And th- in those days, I used we used to have to record on quarter inch tape. And I had this very heavy machine, and I went, do you know that the blooming thing malfunctioned? Oh, wow. But the first thing I learned about John Wimber was he was so gracious, mm. and and I did the interview again with him, you know. Uh, and then I followed that by going to his Science and Wonders okay. conference. Yeah. The thing that occurred to me about that, and maybe this is something we could talk about, it seemed to me that John Wimber wasn't talking about anything new mm. because he used the scriptures. He talked in the way that we talked about mm. Jesus and mm. what he did and so on, as we've been talking this morning. Uh, but clearly there had been a disconnect mm. And it seemed to me also, if you look at early Methodism, for mm. example, mm. Uh, they used to have glory marches. Yeah. John John uh, Wesley used to talk about the tokens. Mm. Uh, when, so when he would preach the gospel, the, he would say, Lord, where are your tokens? Uh, now, obviously, the way people 
responded the manifestations that mm. jumping up and down or or in your case the sort mm. of deep sense of mm. of, of conviction you yes know, they, they, yeah. these things impacted people in different ways but what it did do of course was to authenticate mm. now somewhere along the line in so many of our churches mm. there was a disconnect mm. now if i was satan mm. what would i want to do mm. uh you see, I would want to disconnect God's people because you can't stop people becoming Christians, but you can mm. you can make them think mm. that they're on their own, mm. Mm. and there is not there is no power, there mm. is nothing there. Whereas, yeah. whereas, in fact, the real truth of the matter is, if you haven't got petrol in the tank, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Mm. It's true. Mm. Yeah, it's good. So uh, I don't know whether you met any of these guys, you know, or, or whether you went to one of those John Wimber type things, because Lou, you would have found that really scary. Oh my days! I'm sweating thinking about it. <laughs> 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 I'd love it now. I'd love it. No, but yeah, no, I, I haven't actually had the privilege of, of being at any of those type of events, actually. Have you done? Yeah, yeah, I've been to a few revival meetings. I, I think for me, um, those things are cool. Like those those mountaintop experiences that we call them in Christendom, you know, they're, they're great. And, uh, you know, th- those they're dynamic because just by having a huge volume of people all hu- hungering after one end goal, mm. is it, it's significant. And, you know, the scriptures say in the Psalms, isn't it, where, where, there's, where brothers dwell in unity, God commands a blessing. So when there's that united pursuit of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, it would be remiss to think that God doesn't respond to that in some significant way. But I actually think when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what we want to think about is not just those Saturday night meetings. We want to think about Monday at work on your lunch break. We want to think about Tuesday at the school gates as a single mom picking up your kids from school. That the Holy Spirit isn't just about the platform Mm. and getting people to do crazy things and raise people out of wheelchairs. It's about empowering a single mom with courage to actually testify to her friends about the goodness of God in her life. Mm. And it's for me, I think those things are precious. And I think you get people like John Wimber. God, God raises up phenomenal people like your William Booths and your your Wesleys and your Wimbers. And they all pioneer a movement of God. But over time, they become static. And over time, they mm. become monuments. And over time, they become, mm. you know, they, they become a bit more dusty. Because ultimately, the thing that started in revival kind of spirit ends up becoming a teaching movement of some sort you know yeah you're right and i, I think for me it was like because when i when i thought about the teachings and uh, of in fact some of the great guys because i was being privileged to interview and meet mm. quite a lot of them david watson and, 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 and others but but the um uh, it, the, thing, the thing that appealed to me was that they they they, they really weren't anything special yeah, really. and yeah. they would have said that of themselves you know yeah. but it, but it was like a reminder yeah. of Definitely. guys you've you've maybe forgotten this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. aspect but what tell you going back to the everyday ministry yeah. uh, where it really hit me was I was in this meeting and um, minding my own business you know and I heard this voice in my head you know it was it wasn't an audible voice mm. but I heard this voice and it was in a small group and uh, the voice said, you see that little lady over there? It was a total stranger to me. He said, I want you to go uh, and take her in your arms and tell her you love her. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, my wife was there. <laughs> don't, I don't know what you would have done, Lou, if, if Dom had had the, you know, if I, would, I would have loved to be a... I would have loved to be a, a, well, a fly on the wall in that situation. Well, of course, uh, being being a good Christian, I did absolutely nothing uh, oh. uh, because I was scared stiff. Yeah. The next time it came, more insistent, go over, tell her you love her, and take her in your arms. I ignored it again. Third time, even stronger in my head. So then I did it. Did you warn your wife that you you were going to do it? No, no. I told her afterwards. (laughs) 
<laughs> God she, told me to and, do it. And she believed me. She believed me. But but here's the thing uh, <laughs> that I I didn't know this person. Mm. Uh, I went over and uh, I could see she was distressed. Mm. And I just give her a cuddle. I mean, in the days when you could do right, that, yeah. mm. um, they're coming back. And <laughs> I looked, I looked at her, and I said, "I love you." I knew the minute I opened my voice that I, it wasn't me that was speaking. Oh, mm. wow. Brilliant. And she melted in my. It was it was God speaking wow. through me. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and and, uh, and I thought, crikey, uh, if I hadn't have done that, mm. and then out came this torrent of. Uh, hurt and pain and so on. Mm. Now, I was then able to connect her with, with some of the ladies who were there and explain to my wife yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. that I really good. wasn't, yeah. you know, letting my lust over. <laughs> uh, wow. uh, but, but one of the things that, that, I, that really excites me is, you know, the fact of the matter is those people that we are talking about, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, right. You could be in a room, and I don't know whether either of you have had this experience, where there are 100 people, but you, but you might just hear the voice saying, Ignore the ninety nine, mm. like Jesus said, yeah. Yeah. and go to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we didn't, if we weren't alert to the fact that that we take time to listen, yeah, mm. because actually, very often the person that you're directed to mm. is the very person who's been prepared. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like Hope FM. Over mm. the years, and some of you may be having this experience now, but <clears throat> over the years, I heard stories of people's radios jumping into the station. Oh, I've heard really? people driving in their cars uh, who just accidentally yeah. turn on the radio mm. and they hear a piece of mm. music or whatever uh, at the right time mm. for mm. them. Amazing. And, and t- to me, it sort of it practically sort of demonstrates to me the importance, mm. uh, because actually of myself and probably mm. you guys, mm. uh, and that's what makes it exciting, because God knows. He knows exactly what. And also the other thing is, if you ask what's wrong with people, you know, they'll tell you this story, mm. but half the time it's not the thing at all. No. So mm. that's where the, the word yeah. of knowledge and discernment comes yeah. in. Yeah, right. And I, but these practical things, of course, are what you're talking about. A thousand percent. And I, let's just level with you, like listeners, that ultimately you're probably going to get it wrong more than you're going to get it right. Like that's that's a, mm, I, yeah. that's been true in my life. Sure. Um, and so it's not. You know, I think often we only platform the success stories, right? We yeah. only platform those moments <laughs> where you prayed for the person in the wheelchair and they got out and did a little dance, or you prayed for the person who was depressed and they received the spirit of joy. Uh, but actually, more often than not, in my life there's more testimony where i'm still waiting and i'm still battling with god on that i've got a hundred stories that are incredibly embarrassing about my failed attempts at being christ to people in the world but we all have haven't we yeah, we, right. all, we all have we really and are. what i've learned in leading church is actually more often than not i get better feedback from people listening to my messages when i share failures rather than successes because people relate to that yeah. because actually there are some john wimbers in the world but there's more steve smiths mm. And there's more Maggie Champions, you know. In other words, there's more people who are not the platform revivalists yeah. and they are just normal people struggling through life, but yet the Holy Spirit is the helper mm. who comes, fills and empowers mm. and gets them to do greater things than Christ. And by that, I mean in number, you know. Mm. So for me, um, I just find it immensely encouraging. We're just about to launch a new small group series at church um, on the Mike Pilavachi book, Naturally Supernatural, where it is about trying to bring the supernatural things of God into the daily natural kind of routines of life Mm. um and i think we have to break that mindset that like 
spirit moving is reserved for Sunday morning in a service mm-hmm. or reserve and testimony is reserved for small group but rather we should be looking for moments and sensing what God is saying but it's, it's something you grow in you know so actually at first you're going to mm-hmm. go into areas and you're going to get things wrong but over time you learn the voice of God and, and of course the other thing that we should say that oh, this is the way of pain isn't it I mean I know that you had a young man recently in your mm. your, your, your church yeah. who, who died very very suddenly yeah. in a terrible yeah. accident you know yeah. and of course one of our presenters you know Rob Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. His son yeah. was also, yeah. you know, killed. I know he's also worshiping with you. Yeah. Uh, but but oftentimes it's this way of pain where yeah. we mm. haven't got a clue what's going on, yeah. uh, and maybe we probably never will this side no. of heaven. But it, it it works in us, at, uh, I guess, a brokenness. But at the same time, because we don't have the answers. Yeah. That's but right. but at the same time, it it does make us more believable. Yeah. And that, yeah. it's interesting Absolutely. you said that when you share your weaknesses that. People respond. It relates. Yeah. It yeah, relates. No, and I think, like you say, like it, it's it's the the goal of the Christian walk isn't to to um, embrace all of heaven now on earth. Yes, we're to pray for heaven to come on earth, uh, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. That should be our prayer. That should be our ambition. But ultimately, we understand that the Holy Spirit is a deposit of the things to come. Mm. So even in our brokenness, in our heartache, insecurity, anxiety, and all those things, actually, people receiving the Holy Spirit, it's a deposit of the glory that's going to be reeled fully in Christ when we see him, you know. This is Hope FM. Now, of course, one of the things that, that Jesus said was about go back to Jerusalem and to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I guess that Jesus said that because he knew that his disciples may have got stuck in and got out there, you know, in Jerusalem. <laughs> but but they needed they needed his yeah. Yeah, his right. power and his presence. And of course, we we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are many. And of course, the the, the gifts are not just spiritual gifts; they're mm. are, they're real. They're real uh, sort of practical mm. gifts like hospitality and yeah. and even the person you are. Your personality yeah. is a real gift, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the re- when it comes down to the nitty gritty, uh, Lou, we can go back to you and your days at the YMCA because th- this story will sort of demonstrate how the gifts of the Holy Spirit work and the prompting of the Holy Spirit works yeah. to make a difference to the people around you. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, working at the YMCA, I was a, a support worker there, and obviously there's various different kinds of people that that were living there at the time but I remember occasion when I was with three male residents and they were all sort of from a background of drugs and alcohol trying to stay clean but they've gone through a lot in their lives and I remember sitting with them in the canteen and just having this real Holy Spirit moment where I, I, it's that same thing where you go all hot your heart starts beating really fast and you think I'm going to have to say something about you I know God you're asking me to say something about you but these guys aren't really the kind of guys that are going to take it too good um, so I did I started talking about Jesus and I just started telling them my testimony telling them how much he loved them and, and I could see literally my words were just nose diving like <laughs> it really felt like another they were another <laughs> religious nut <laughs> yeah, that's probably what they thought they probably just thought I was these weirdos man with a tambourine I don't know um, they just looked at me like it was nothing and I was getting more and more passionate by it because the Holy Spirit I could really feel him at work in me and I just thought I don't understand why they're not getting it because he's working in me I can feel it I can feel him making me all tingly and, and ready for this but um, and I remember at this one moment eventually this guy just stood up and he said he slammed his fists on the table and he's a big guy and he said you know what 
if your God's so good, then why was I abused as a child? And he stormed out. And I, I didn't see him again. He actually left left the hostel that day. And I didn't I didn't see him for a long time. And I, my, my mind always went back to him. And I wondered where he was. And I assumed he'd went straight back into drugs and alcohol. Um, but then a few years later, I was I was back at the, the reception area of the YMCA. And, and this, like, man that was embodied this great white light just walked in through the door and he literally this guy was glowing it's so strange even now looking back it was the oddest thing he was physically glowing and he caught me by surprise and I looked at him and I went oh hello and he said he, he looked at me and he looked he looked so healthy and well and he said you don't remember me do you and I said no sorry have we met and he said yeah my name is and he he told me his name and it was the same man that I'd had this conversation with all these years before but he just looked completely different he was he was literally glowing it was so strange and I went oh my goodness you look totally different what what's happened I seemed maybe I don't know because of I guess I was a bit lost by it but I thought maybe he's gone on to do a new new program maybe the rehab's worked he's eating healthily joined a gym whatever and he said I met your Jesus that's and I was awesome. like, what? And he went, yeah, I met him. And actually, I was baptized on Sunday. And, and I'm doing really That's well. Great. And I, I literally, so I just good. burst out in tears there and then. Because I just saw the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in this man's body where he was one way and now he was entirely different. And the thing that made the difference was mm. Jesus, was the, the Holy Spirit at work in his life. And he, it transformed him. And it transformed me, actually. Mm. Seeing, seeing the physical transformation of someone from one way to an entirely different way, yeah. that, trans- that transformed my, my life. My yeah. faith grew in that so moment good. as well. It was great. And he's still, walking, he's still walking a life of faith and victory over all of his issues beforehand. Well, it's a perfect so, example, isn't it, of how the Holy Spirit works because he prompts you yeah. to speak. You speak, mm. nothing happens. Right. And in fact, you could have walked away and probably did thinking that was a disaster. I, I actually thought, I wish I'd never said anything because I think I've made it worse. Mm. That's yeah. what I thought. But in truth, you, you, did, did, did you ever think to yourself, how many more? More, how yeah. many more like that? People you've never met, mm. you know. But mm. uh, and that's true. Amazing, that, isn't it? amazing. Mm. I, I, I owe a great regard for these people who have prayed and prayed and prayed for mm. yeah. family members and and for their churches mm. and, and 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 for revival, you yes. know. And they've never they've never lived to see right. the outcome of what they prayed for. But yes. how great, how great, you know. Whenever someday we mm. s- we know, you know. Yeah, uh, that's it. But but actually, there's not rocket science isn't there about all of this it's just yeah. right. listening listening using whatever gifts and there's a whole bucket full of them yeah you know? yeah um so for somebody listening to this program this morning and maybe they're thinking crikey you know i never really thought of it in the way you guys are talking about it how do they get into experiencing what we're talking about yeah well the, the bible says there's one way to the father the, the one gate Jesus mm. the first thing you need to do is to get right with God and you can't do that uh, you know by yourself you can't do that with good deeds and nice work you can't do it by crossing a thousand old ladies uh, over the road and <laughs> um, you, you need to receive Christ and what I mean by that is come to terms with the fact that you have fallen short of God's standard um, and that you need help in this life and you ask Jesus you just say a simple prayer the Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved and I believe that scripture to be true all who call on the name of the Lord mm. so regardless of the situation you're in regardless of your history background all the things wrong you 
we've even done to this very point today. And this doesn't even assure that you'll get everything right from this day forward. But all it is acknowledging is your brokenness before your maker. And all you're saying is, Jesus, I need you. Mm. And you ask him to come into your life. And, you know, it's a good thing to acknowledge your sin before God. Acknowledge your wrongdoing to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the times and the ways that I have you know, done the wrong thing. That's uh, what yeah. we call sin. You know, that's what Christians call sin. It's what the Bible calls sin. And that's the first step, actually, to receiving the Holy Spirit. I believe at that point you receive a measure of the Spirit of God. Um, you receive Christ in your heart, so you receive his very presence on the inside. But I also believe as well that there is more to be had of God, you know, mm. from that point on. And, you know, to grow in hunger and desire, the Bible calls it going from glory to glory, um, that that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I would say, give your life to Christ. Find a church that, that honors the Holy Spirit. Find a church that honors the Holy Spirit and call that home. You may not like everything they do. You may not agree with everything they do. But just assume that, like, you know, you don't know everything yet. And just sit in that church and to get alongside people, get into a small group and just be open to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, those spaces become really key because actually it's about growing in the things of God. Like eventually you'll begin to discern what the voice of God sounds like to you because I don't think he speaks to everybody the same. I know what it sounds like to me from years of making loads of mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I I remember talking about my failure. I just share this brief story. Uh, It's one of my favorite stories of failure because it was a turning point in my obedience to God. Um, I was driving home. It was before we had kids back in the good old days and um, <laughs> you know me and Louise had only been married about six months and I was driving our old little boy racer Corsa down Ashley Road in Paul and I saw this person walking down the street and God said that man's called John and he's got a brain tumor and I want you to pray for him and I just resisted I was just like God I, I don't I don't I'm open to this stuff but Lord I just I'm not ready so I carried on driving and you know I went home parked the car on the drive and I felt God say you need to go back his name's John brain tumor and I want to heal him tonight um, anyways, I then turned the car around. I went past, saw John. I then slowed down and then lost my bottle and just sped up again and left him. <laughs> I did that about four or five times. And I just imagine this John just thinking, what is this crazy boy racer, course, a loser driver like doing? Am I going to get stabbed tonight? Um, and, you know, ultimately, I, I, decided, I relented and I thought, OK, God, because God was just not letting it drop. And so I thought, well, how do I stop this guy? Like, how do I stop him? Like, do I just pull over nicely and call him down? In the end, I I kind of applied a New York police tactic and I pulled the car onto the curb and I blocked his path from going forward so that he couldn't move away from me. And I blocked his way completely, which I would suggest isn't the right way to do it. But in my naivety and ignorance, I thought we've just got to stop this guy. And I got out the car and I says, oh, your name's John, isn't it? And he said, no. And I says, well, you've got a brain tumor, haven't you? And he says, oh, gosh, I hope not. (laughs) And I said, can I pray for you? And he was like, definitely not. (laughs) Right. So I got back in the car and I went back to the flat and I was like, God, what was the point in that? Like, God, I feel I felt so clearly you were telling me to do that. And I stepped out. And, you know, I, I wasn't saying that God spoke to me audibly in the moment. But the sense in my heart was this, is that like, actually, when I try to step out in things, thinking that God's speaking, it's still obedience. Yeah. It's not only obedience when you hear it and you know it's God and you do it. It's actually obedience when you think it's God and you do it. Mm. Providing, to put some parameters around that, if I felt God said, go see that guy over there, his name's John, go and give him a kick in, I would understand (laughs) that actually that is not a positive outworking of my Christian faith, although some people need that. you know. But actually, (laughs) you know, if it's just a case of giving a word, even if I'm wrong, even if God hasn't said that, you know. And the other thing, of course, that, that we all need to know is that people lie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 
because if somebody comes up to you, I mean, yeah, if, right. you have, if you have a word, and it takes courage. Yeah. And I mean, it's like me, that woman, you know, who, yeah. <laughs> loving him mean, was yeah. very embarrassing, you know. But one of the things I have learned is, yeah. and, and I, I won't go into specifics, but I have prayed for people and just exactly yeah. like you're totally yeah. wrong. Yeah. And they're, but they've told me a porky. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because in actual fact, what I prayed for was spot on. Yeah, yeah. But but I think you're absolutely right because I think that being a be I suppose you know you feel a right plonker, don't yeah, you? Yeah. If you've yeah. stepped out and you and you and, yeah. you and you get it wrong. But I think I would far rather step out and be wrong. Too right. You know, yeah, then uh, well, but, yeah. it, but it does. God help me understand this more. A couple of years ago, we've got our oldest son, Caleb. He's nine now. He's more into football, but he was once into trains on an epic scale. Mm. And he would spend like all day Saturday building an epic train tracks out of this kind of corgi plastic thing we've got. And uh, he spent a couple of hours building it, playing with it. And then about half an hour later, I went upstairs and it had been packed away. Right. And you're thinking, how on earth does this relate to this story? Well, I'll tell you why. Right. I said, Caleb, what, why have you packed it away? And he says, well, you asked me to. And I said, no, no, I didn't. And he says, no, you called up from downstairs. I was like, no, I never asked you to put it away. But for me as a dad, I thought he was obedient to what he thought I'd said, even though I never asked it. And it was yeah. totally against his own flesh. He wouldn't have wanted to put it away because he loves his trains being out. <laughs> but for me, that still blessed me as a dad because I thought he was willing to do something without resistance, even though I didn't ask him to do it. Yeah. But it was for me. And I think that's a great picture of moving out in the Holy Spirit, that actually it pleases the heart of God. And it's not about having a 100% accuracy record. It's about just being obedient to what you think God is telling you to do. And you'll grow in that. You know? mm, well, we're, we're running out of time yeah. and we're not going to be able to have time to play some of your songs. Oh, yeah. But we play, shall we? Well, we, you can choose which one we're going to finish on. We kind of have Holy Fire, Jara or Senses. Which one Let's do, do Jara, shall we? Yeah, you yeah, go. You yeah, go. We'll, finish, we'll finish on Jarrah. It's quite a long song. So uh, all right, we can do Holy Fire if you want. Holy Fire is good. Okay, we'll do Holy Fire. Okay. Um, but before we do that, let's, let's pray. Yeah, okay. And, and I'll let you two do the praying. So, yeah, you know, and uh, uh, maybe pray for people listening to the program this morning or on Sunday morning or whenever you're listening, yeah. uh, that they would be having their own experience of the Holy Spirit or maybe even coming to know Jesus mm. for the first time. So yeah, great. over to you. Our Father God. Jesus, we just we just love you mm. and we're grateful for you and we're grateful for that gift that you gave us in your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Mm. And Holy Spirit, we just welcome you now wherever we are, whether we're at home, at the kitchen sink or in the car or at the workplace, wherever we are, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. Mm. We know that you are good and, and we ask you now to, to minister to us, to bring us your peace and to bring us your courage mm. and to bring us your conviction mm. and to transform us and to help us live out our faith Amen. powerfully um, in a way that glorifies God. And Jesus, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to people who, mm. who don't yet know you. Mm. Right now, Lord God, would they just feel a sense of your spirit Amen. on the inside, Jesus? Would they just feel their hearts softening and... and um, and just a real closeness and a real peace and a real excitement from you. Mm. Jesus, we just want more of you. And we know yeah. that, that your Holy Spirit is key to that. Yeah. So, Holy Spirit, we just want more of you in our lives. Would you come? Would you make yourself at home? Would you presence yourself in each one of us? Would you help us to m work powerfully for your kingdom, mm. for your glory? 
Amen. Amen. Yeah, Father God, I thank you for every person listening to this broadcast today. God, I thank you that you love them. Mm. You love them so much. And Father, sometimes we can't fully understand that or appreciate it. In fact, God, we can never understand it or fully appreciate mm. it. But Lord, I thank you that it's true nonetheless. Lord, I pray for every person listening to this broadcast today. Those who are at their wit's end with life. Those who have massive questions over the future. Yeah. Those who have unparalleled fears and concerns about what's unfolding in the world. And God, I just pray, God, this morning that there would be an openness to your Holy Spirit, Lord mm. God. Your spirit is holy, which means it's different. It's different from what the world offers. And uh, Father, I just pray, God, that those who are just sensing maybe that you are moving them closer to you, God, that they would just call on your name right now, mm. in Jesus' name, that they would simply pray, Jesus, I need, your, I need you, I need mm. help, I need your Holy Spirit. And Father, we just pray for over the church, Lord God. We pray, Father, that we'd come into some significant days. Father, I pray, God, that days would be better before us than behind us, Lord, and that we would see you impact this nation and the nations beyond for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, thank you, Lou and Dom. And as we say goodbye, we pray that you'd all be blessed this uh, Pentecost Sunday, whether that, uh, uh, you know, as we move towards it, we're recording on Wednesday, but maybe it is Sunday morning. Be blessed. Have a special day and know that God is with you, loves you, and longs to empower you. This is Hope FM.